This is AgriPulse Daybreak for Tuesday, December 11th. Good morning. I'm Jeff Downey. Here's today's headlines. Farm Bill text revealed. Ag groups in a hurry for Japan Trade Pact and trade mitigation funds for food banks could be on the way. The Farm Bill text unveiled. It's here. The new 807-page Farm Bill hashed out over more than several months of negotiations was filed last night after being signed by conference members on both sides of the chamber. It's now ready for final votes in both the House and the Senate. Congratulations, we're going to get a farm bill, right? That the word of Senator John Thune when Agripulse caught up with him as he headed to vote last night. Thune said he hoped for a Senate vote this week, but he said it's just a question of how quickly things can get processed. House Agriculture Chairman Mike Conaway of Texas told reporters last night a final House vote is likely to be Thursday. A Senate vote could slip into next week, although Senate Agriculture Chairman Pat Roberts of Kansas said he was working to accelerate consideration of the measure. Leaders of the Senate and House Agriculture Committees expressed confidence that the final bill would pass both chambers. Ag groups in a hurry for Japan Trade Pact. Kevin Smith, a sales and marketing official for Seaboard Foods, was just one of a dozen farm and food leaders who testified yesterday before Trump administration officials to tell them about the urgent need for a free trade pact with Japan. Japan is slashing tariffs for countries around the world as new trade agreements are going into place, and the U.S. cannot afford to be left out, Smith and others told a panel that included representatives from the USDA, USTR, State Department, and the White House National Economic Council. U.S. pork producers are getting desperate. They are already losing exports to China and Mexico because of retaliatory tariffs sparked by President Donald Trump's trade battles, and now they fear they're close to losing their most lucrative customers in Japan because of agreements which do not include the U.S. As Japan moves forward with ratification and implementation of the Comprehensive and Progressive Agreement for Trans-Pacific Partnership and the Japan-EU Economic Partnership, the U.S. will remain at a tariff disadvantage to its major pork export competition without a U.S.-Japan agreement, according to Smith. And don't forget the grape juice. The Japanese import about $90 million worth of concentrated grape juice every year to flavor chilled juices, candy, and even alcoholic beverages. The U.S. provides about $23 million worth of that concentrate, helping support hundreds of U.S. farmers, but they stand to lose much, if not all of that business, if the U.S. doesn't get a trade pact with Japan soon. That according to Matt Offman, Vice President and General Counsel for Welch's. Offman testified yesterday, grape juice volumes from Chile and Mexico are already entering Japan duty-free under Japan's FTAs with those countries. Very soon, Italian and Spanish volumes will also be entering that market duty-free. Meanwhile, Japanese buyers still have to pay tariffs between 19.1 and 29.8% for U.S. product. USDA. Trade mitigation funds for food banks could be on the way. The Department of Agriculture could be offering some additional help to the nation's food banks, which are set to handle an influx of product due to the trade mitigation package. In September, the administration announced a $1.2 billion food purchase and distribution program to go along 
with $12 billion in aid to respond to trade concerns. After donating some fluid milk to a D.C. area food bank, USDA officials discussed some additional assistance as a part of the trade assistance. For example, Greg Iba, USDA's Undersecretary for Marketing and Regulatory Programs, said some coal storage companies have reached out to the department and we might have some resources available that either at free or reduced cost. The Capital Area Food Bank is one of many facilities across the country set to be on the receiving end of the purchased commodities. Jody Tick, the facility's chief operating officer, says the amount of food headed their way as a part of the package, quote, is going to be significantly more, I think, than we've ever received. She says the food bank is excited about the high-quality food they're set to receive, but additional donations will add logistic issues around things like storing and transporting the goods. China reportedly making big soybean purchases soon. China is preparing to follow through on its promise to begin importing U.S. agriculture commodities by buying between 5 and 8 million tons of soybeans, that according to a report by Bloomberg. U.S. exports of soybeans to China have virtually halted since China hit the U.S. with a 25% tariff on the oil seeds in retaliation to U.S. tariffs aimed at punishing China for intellectual property theft. Bloomberg reports that China will be purchasing the soybeans to place in its strategic reserve. $1.5 billion reward for corn growers gets final approval. A federal judge has approved a settlement of $1.51 billion for more than 650,000 corn growers in the U.S. who said they were financially harmed when China stopped importing U.S. corn for about a year at the end of 2013. Syngenta, which sold genetically modified seed before China had approved the import of the specific GMO trade in that seed, has agreed to pay the amount to settle the nationwide class action suit. This was not a simple or straightforward negligence case. U.S. District Judge John DeLungstrom of Kansas said in his December 7th ruling, the $1.51 billion settlement amount is very impressive. It is one of the largest known settlements in any kind of case and represents a significant percentage of the actual damages alleged by plaintiffs. Lungstrom agreed with the recommendation of a special master appointed to the case to award one-third of the total amount, or $503.3 million, in attorney fees. The judge will hold a hearing December 17th to determine how to allocate the fees among the dozens of plaintiff's law firms involved in the case. Fish and Wildlife Gets New Regional Leader the Fish and Wildlife Service 10-state southeast region will be led by Leo Miranda. He's a veteran service biologist who has a farm near Columbus, Georgia, where he's managing the habitat for at-risk wildlife. Fish and Wildlife says Miranda, quote, is equally at home in a deer stand or on the banks of a stream. RFS restructure debated. Biofuels, transportation, natural gas, and oil stakeholders will discuss a drafted bill to restructure the renewable fuel standard at a subcommittee hearing on Capitol Hill today. The groups will testify on the 21st Century Transportation Fuels Act at a hearing called by the House Energy and Commerce Subcommittee on the Environment. The goal of the hearing is to address ways to improve coordination between fuels and vehicle policies by transitioning to higher octane fuels and new vehicles whose engines are capable to run on those fuels. Right now, 
the RFS, and the Corporate Average Fuel Economy, or CAFE, and Greenhouse uh, Standards are implemented independently of each other. The draft was introduced by GOP Representatives John Shimkus of Illinois and Bill Flores of Texas. The hearing is set to begin at 10 o'clock Eastern Time in the Rayburn House Office Building. Well, that is Daybreak for this Tuesday, December 11th. AgriPulse Daybreak is brought to you by the United Soybean Board. For the latest news out of Washington, D.C., visit AgriPulse.com. For AgriPulse Daybreak, I'm Jeff Daly.